Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for pushing play today before the episode starts. I did just want to tell you that during the recording of this episode, we experienced a lot of technical difficulties. I have tried to edit this episode multiple times. I have listened to it over and over again. And at this point, this is the best I can do right now with my editing skills, <laughs> oh, which are still in progress. So I just ask for your patience and your grace, much grace while listening. Please don't let it take away from the information and the beautiful insight that Wendy shares during this episode. Thank you so much for just loving me where I am and sticking with me through this journey of learning. Enjoy. Welcome to Come Talk With Me. I'm Maxetta Gad, and I believe we all have a story. I also believe we can learn from each other. Sometimes we learn what to do, and sometimes we learn what not to do. My hope is we all learn we are not alone in whatever chapter of our story we are in or have been through. Back by popular demand, Wendy Coger Gregory joins me again. Hey, Wendy. Good morning. Well, hey. afternoon now, I guess. Yes. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, thank you so much for agreeing to do another episode with me. Absolutely. I was just um, so tickled that everyone's so interested. Yes, very, they very much are. Listen, my first question is, did you tell Brooke she's famous? <laughs> you know, I did not. I will definitely make sure that I do. <laughs> we got to do that. We got to tell her. Let her know. Yes. Yes. Um, no, so after the episode aired, I got a lot of feedback from people, and I loved every bit of it, but they had more questions, and they loved hearing from you. They they loved your attitude, just everything about you. I mean, they were, they were tickled to hear your take on everything, and so um, you so graciously agreed to do another episode with me, and I sent you some of the questions. I have a few more, but there's... They're not anything that, that you can't handle, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but I, I really do appreciate it. I thought it was real fun, too. And I, I like it that um, you're giving voice to a population that sometimes I think people, maybe out of fear of doing the wrong thing, are afraid to approach. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. At least for me, I thought, gosh, I learned so much. And I... It just, uh, it was very educational for me, so I appreciate it. So, one of the questions, okay, so to remind everyone, Brooke is 20 years old, so I am a few years older than Wendy. I'm going to use this term, but this does not mean that Wendy and I are old, but that's back, right. <laughs> back in the day, ultrasounds were a bit different than they are now, <laughs> so, yes, yes. Um, so, when you had an ultrasound, 
tell me, did you know the extent of the needs that Brooke would have from the ultrasound? Not at all, because the only thing that was not quote unquote normal were the ventricles in her brain. Um, and those are the collecting ducts that are cerebrospinal fluid that coats our brain and down our spinal column. Mm -hmm. um, hers were just a millimeter smaller. And um, the docs were like, it's not a big deal. People walk around every day with ventricles that are a millimeter smaller. So we never gave it another thought. Right, right. And at, I know that we talked about the extended NICU stay that she had, but about what age did you realize something is different? The needs that she has are going to be different than what you anticipated? Probably with that and, um, you know, realizing that these episodes of her lips turning blue was actually seizure activity. And then when they scanned her brain and the calcifications that were there at birth had just, I always say exploded, like they were just a lot more in through her brain up to the surface. Um, so, you know, that's a, that means a brain cell had died and left that calcium salt there. So we really did not know what we were going to be dealing with. Okay. Okay. And did you try at all to give her a bottle or was it just known from the very beginning she had to have assistance with feeding? Oh, she from birth took her bottle. She ate like a champ. Um, oh. Yeah, she was developing normally up to that, about that three-month age. Okay. And that's when the lips started turning blue and stuff. Um, so in the hospital, in order to stop the seizure activity, because it was so much, they started her on a Versed drip and put her on the ventilator. So <clears throat> the first two times of coming off the vent, she still would take her bottle um, the third time after she was no longer interested, um, and they, the doctor said she had developed an aversion, um, because of the tube, um, from being on the ventilator. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they figured she would overcome that after a bit. Most children do apparently. Um, but we had to get the feeding tube put in in order to come home. Um, cause they didn't want us to have to deal with the, you know, you, sometimes you see people and they have the one down their nose. Yes. Um, that one can come dislodged easily and end up in the lungs. Okay. So they didn't want us to have to worry about that when we were home. So we opted to do the one that goes, um, that's in the stomach. Okay. Okay. Does she eat anything by mouth now? She can do purees, yogurt, ice cream. Oh. She can do it. She mm -hmm. just chooses not to. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, she ate, you know, we ate baby food. We did everything, uh, mashed potatoes, gravy, you name it. Um, and it was just interesting because after her uh, spinal fusion surgery, um, she was no longer interested in eating by mouth. Okay. Yeah. So we just use her tube and don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Now, one question I did think was interesting. Someone asked me, 
what happens if the power goes out for an extended period of time and you need to do feedings or any of her other needs that it's necessary to have the electricity for? It's a great question because, yeah. you know, um, back when the derecho happened, yeah, um, yeah, we, we didn't have power for two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, however, I have a generator in the building um, that uh, we can hook up and it's a gas generator. Um, luckily, we've only needed it the one time during the derecho um, because typically I keep everything plugged in. So batteries are always charged at all times. Okay. So that's one thing I just want to add for listeners like me. One more thing that you have to plan for um, mm -hmm. and think about when that question came through, you know, it's something I hadn't given any thought about, but families with special needs children in the home, I've noticed there is a lot of planning that has to go in to it, you know, playing right. the generator, keeping things hooked up so batteries are charged. Um, yes, so hats off to you for keeping keeping up with everything. Uh, I'm sure at times it gets to be a lot, but but by now, is it just part of your, it's normal to you, it's part of your routine and part of who you are? Right, yeah, like this yeah. is our normal. Um, yeah. um, I, I mean, <laughs> I've always told my friends normal kids are easy to yeah. me whenever I would watch, watch their little one while they went to the doctor or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's easy and fun yeah. um, to me. So this is my normal and and they tell me I don't know how you do it. Yeah. But it's my normal. You kind of adjust adjust your life and your needs to um fit what's going on. Right. 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 Very well then. Okay, the most asked question. A day in the life with Rook. So mm -hmm. if you could walk us through what that looks like for both of you. Sure. Um, now I work four days a week mm -hmm. full time and then I have a little what I call my side gig um, that um, I do like one or two days a month um, at Broadus Hospital, which is just up for my home and I can work in the ER or their acute care wing. So, um, you know, on my work days, her nurse comes at 715 and works a 12 hour day. Uh, four days a week, and then she does an eight-hour shift the fifth day a week. Um, I utilize her mostly in order to be able to work because um, I don't have to worry about Brooke when I'm, when I'm at work. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I do with my parents had her or when my aunt's here because, um, you know, everybody's prepared. Sure, um, yes. But it's just nice that I can just go to work and not worry about her. Yes. Um, so anyway, for Brooke, um, I'm usually, and the nurse does too, we let her sleep in until about 10 o'clock. Um, now, mind you, her her uh, medicine schedule, um, you know, I'm up at 4 o'clock giving her two medicines. Because, um, you know, when things are every eight hours, there's not a good eight-hour schedule to use. Right. Um, yeah. And then, um, so her first two feedings at 8 a.m., and uh, she gets meds at 8 and 10. Um, her second two feedings at noon. Well, she also gets medications um, at noon. Um, and then her other two feeds are 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. So she gets four a day. 
Um, and in between there, you know, we're giving her free water flushes. Um, and then she has to have four ounces of orange juice a day. So we're, you know, putting that in there as well. Um, we, you know, she gets her hair washed three days a week because, you know, she's not up running around and moving to get sweaty and yucky. Um, so she gets hair washed in a major bath three days a week. And then, you know, every day she gets the major spots hit, right, so to speak, right. to yes. get ready for her day. Um, we have to catheterize every three to four hours to empty her bladder. So, you know, we kind of have a schedule on that, 7, 11, 3, um, around 6 or so, and then I do it again right before bed. Um, so, you know, and that's another thing with her being a, an adult now. If we're going to be out and about, I adjust that catheterization schedule so I don't have to worry about it while we're out. Oh, that's true. That's good thinking. Yes. 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 <clears throat> um, you know, we watch cartoons. We watch um, <clears throat> the Game Show Network. We're on the iPad. We have books. She has Switch toys. <clears throat> um, and for those of you who don't know, they can... Um, it's really cool. They, I'm trying to think of the word and it's escaping me, but they take regular toys and make them adaptable. That's the word. Adaptable to a switch toy and it just connects into that toy. It could be um, like we have a Mickey Mouse. We have a ladybug that's wings come up and flap and go back down. I mean, we have a variety of things. Um, anyway, we have a variety of switches, too. She has one that she can use with her cheek because she doesn't really have purposeful hand movement. She does better with her cheek, and she can turn these things on and off. And that is to teach her a cause and effect relationship. If I do this, then I get to hear my toy sing or turn the stereo on. Um, we have rope lights that we use as well because she loves lights. So lights and music are very important to her <clears throat> right so right. yeah so she she does a lot of switch toys and yeah. of course there's always nap time uh-huh uh, and you know we go for a walk when it's pretty we walk later in the day um you know we just try to keep her busy so she doesn't get sure. bored yes now tell me about <laughs> lifting her in and out of bed do you do that yourself or do you have a lift that you use well, I can, um, and I do that whenever we're going to be going somewhere because she doesn't seem to like to sit um, in her chair with a sling under her for long periods of time. I don't know if, if it wrinkles up or something, but for the most part, when we're home, I have a Hoyer lift. Okay. And um, my dad and I have um, built risers for her bed and a sofa. That way, it lifted her up to my waist level, and that gives us plenty of room to get the lift underneath as well. Okay, very good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just to remind everyone also, Wendy dresses her, or the nurse, you know, one of Correct. the two of you, dress her and get her ready. And when you say go for a walk, she does have a wheelchair that you put her in, and you push her during the walk. Yes. Okay. So there you have it. There's a day in the life of Brooke and Wendy. And oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And tell me about 
we spoke about you getting a van for her, but did you go a few years without having a van that is more common? Yes, I have not had a van until um, November of 21 is when I got it. I'm sorry, tell me that again. I did not have a van until November of 21. Um, I always just had, you know, as she got older, I always made sure I had an SUV. That way I didn't have to bend like down in a car or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the caretaker, you have to also put things in place or make sure things are in place to take care of your body. So you are able to continue to care for her. So the, like you said, bending down and lifting up and such is a lot of wear and tear on your body. Yes. And unfortunately, um, I have had multiple lower back injuries um, yeah. with her and um, it's not fun. Right. Um, they, they always say it's an acute muscle strain. Mm-hmm. Um, when it all first started, I do know that I now have a little bit of um, narrowing down there and a little bit of a disc bulge. So um, I've been to physical therapy twice mm-hmm. and um I've learned the stretching and the exercises that I need to do. So, you know, it became really important this um, back in 2021 when my back really like I was in trouble there for about it took like three weeks for it to recover. And um, I was like, okay, I can't keep lifting and lifting her and taking the wheelchair apart and lifting it into the back of my SUV so that's when I really got um, a little more aggressive in my search so to speak yes okay now you tell me anything any information anything you want us to know or maybe some of the questions I sent you that I didn't touch on is there anything else you would like to share with us Um, Well, I mean, I think we discussed last time how, you know, if you see somebody struggling, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's an adult or a a child, um, be sure to, you know, it it feels really awkward to walk up to a stranger and be like, hey, um, do you need some help? Um, But honestly, when folks have asked me, it's always been the timing has been perfect, you know, Um, that, that, you know, uh, they've stepped in there and helped me. And it can be as easy as you see them drop something and they've got, they're trying to figure out how to secure their wheel person's wheelchair and grab a hold of whatever or keep papers from flying away. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, please do that. Public places, um, it was one of the questions, how do we navigate public places? Um, We just have to make sure there's either um, a low berm or sidewalk that I can tilt and get a wheelchair up over or there's a ramp. Um, Otherwise, stores can be a little bit tricky depending on the size of the store. Um, So, of course, I'm not going to go into some small store where the... um, you know, the aisles are super narrow or whatever. Um, Cause I honestly, I'm like a bull in a China shop and I'm always telling Brooke, Oh, sorry, Brooke. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brooke. Cause I'm always like bumping her into something. <laughs> so uh, I always try to not go in small places. We'll just say. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Um, yeah. 
Um, another question was if we have friends over. Absolutely. I just always tell people if you're sick, just don't come visit us until, you know, you're all good. Um, because, you know, and people forget. I'm trying not to be like a squirrel with my thoughts. Um, it's okay. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I am the queen squirrel. Mine are all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, something simple for us turns into a hospitalization for Brooke. Right. Yes. And when it turns into a hospitalization for Brooke, it turns into mommy missing work and staying in the hospital with her. Right. Because could the nurses take care of her 100%? That's not the question at all. Brooke just, you know, her seizures are absent partial seizures, mm -hmm. um, which she does not have the grand mal. Every time you say seizures, people typically think of the ones where people are um, jerking and right. that sort of thing. Brooke does not. She starts, um, her lips might turn a little blue. Um, she becomes flushed up her neck onto her cheeks and she either breathes super shallow or not at all. Um, so Brooke has to be monitored at all times. So that's why I choose to stay in the hospital with her. Well, and those are things that really only people that are with her and truly know her would know to look for. Would you agree? Absolutely. That? If you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to know that's what just happened. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I don't um, blame you a bit. Even my kids or, you know, my mom, I mean, I, I stay with them also in the hospital when that's required. So, I think that's just the good mommy in you to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, with the whole COVID thing, I became a crazy person. Like, I'm not saying that to be distress disrespectful to anybody with any type of a mental problem, like, you know, bipolar disorder or anything like that. Because, you know, people will use those off-collar terms yeah. Um, yeah. when they're talking about things like that. I just became almost obsessive compulsive. I maybe is a better choice. Um, I had a shoe bin that only my work shoes went in. I had a, um, Tupperware or not Tupperware, but you know, one of those crates with a lid that you use for storage. Yeah. Rubbermaid. My, yeah. yeah my scrubs went in that every night. I would not touch her, go near her until I went straight in, took those off, took a shower, washed my hair. Like I was literally just kind of crazy. Um, because in the beginning, we really didn't know what we were dealing with with this right. virus and a lot of people were dying um and you know so i was just really kind of nuts about it and then um started to get angry and confused be as this went on because it became like no one really gave two craps right if they they didn't want to listen if they got ill, they still tried to go on and do what they wanted. And they didn't give a thought to anybody that had people with special needs children, handicapped adult family members with low immune systems. And so I really went through a season with that yes. of anger. Well, and rightfully so. You know, your thought is protecting Brooke, of course. Uh -huh. And people that don't see that or don't have a brook i agree with you their thoughts got completely off course you know I, I i agree with that and i can see how you would get angry at that how did you work through that um 
I stayed away from people and, um, you know, on Facebook, people tend to like want to, they're protected behind the screen kind of deal when they're making their comments to whatever people post. And even though someone might sound like an idiot, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I just had to scroll on. Yeah. I very much appreciate you giving voice to that. I really do more than I can even put into words because it's easy for us that don't face people in compromised positions every day to spout off or share things. We aren't thinking about the ones that would require much more intense care if they were impacted by the virus. Like you said, I mean, they would be in the hospital, then you would have to be in the hospital. And their immune system is already low. So the virus on top of it. I, I just very much appreciate you giving voice to that. I think it's often easy for us that don't face that to have lots of opinions because we wouldn't deal with the same consequences that you would or families with special needs. So thank you for saying that. Well, because I mean, you know, we all have to be advocates for ourselves, right? But then you've got, I I have to be Brooke's voice too. And um, people can get mad. You can get angry. I really don't care because if it comes to her and something's not right, or I feel very strongly about something, I'm going to be her voice for her because she can't speak up for herself. Let's go. I love that mama bear. Yes. Yes. I love it. And I'm so glad this is coming out because I really am because forever you will be her voice. Yes. That isn't anything that can be taken away from you or you you will be her voice and I just I love that you have her best interests at heart I just thank you very much I'm at a loss for words on how to explain that I so love your mama bear coming up (laughs) I do I absolutely love it because I know as a, a parent my children are adults so I try to protect them at all costs but they also are aware of their decisions and that there are consequences to their decisions. So sometimes they have to stand on their own. You know, I have to shrink back as hard as it is and not jump in there. But you yes. are the voice and you defend her, protect her, and represent her very well. So I'm so glad that came up. Thank you for sharing that. Good. Hey, I'll tell you, I tell you, Max Adda, you can even ask her dad if you ever run into him. Um, I don't know how many times I quarantined him away from my house. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Yes, that's understandable. Yeah, and, he'd be know, like, you know, I'm not feeling too good. And I'm like, well, I guess she won't be coming around. Yeah, and you know, it's like that with anything. If you, you have a cold, probably my common cold is much more intense on Brooke. You know, yeah, it can be. It can be, absolutely. Sure, sure. So I, I agree with with what you're saying. I like it. I like it very much. Now, how do you, this, unless you have more to say, and I told you, you can have the floor. I love to hear you speak and give voice to this population. I truly do. But for me, the last little blurb I have written down here is, how do you keep yourself from getting bitter 
each day? I, I really went through a lot um, at one point. Um, I would, the divorce had a, a, a hard, I struggled with that. And um, I, it, it was very hard because at that time, Brooke was still crying all the time. Um, she hadn't had her spinal surgery yet. And so, you know, my frustration, I would say to her, I don't know what's wrong with you. Or I would say, I, baby, I got to walk away from you a minute because it wasn't just her. I was feeling frustrated. It was just my situation in general. Yes. And um, so I made sure to always recognize and give my permit myself permission just to walk away and take that breath she was always within my view but yeah. I might be outside on the porch looking through the the door at her or um you know something like that I prayed a lot um because just like I told you the last time we spoke just because we are not seeing something come to fruition like we think it does doesn't mean God isn't working that's in right. this situation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it took me a little, a little while, but I mean, I did get, I got through it, I think. And then most recently with COVID, oh girl, I was angry, like angry every day. It just seemed like more people were dying, less people were following the guidelines that were working that, that everyone decided just to stop following and um, didn't really care um, about the consequences. And um, I just found myself growing really frustrated over that and my lack of, um, no, I just felt like society was hopeless um, and this was never gonna end. But also I was the one wearing a mask for 10 hours a day at work only getting to take it off to eat my lunch mm -hmm. and feeling the brain frog at the end of the day and stuff. So I finally just got to a point of, you know, Wendy, you can't change other people. All you can do is work on yourself. And so once I decided to look at it that way, that frustration kind of dwindled as well. Good. Good. And then, of course, nothing a little Zoloft can't help either. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a big proponent of, get, if you need help, get the medicine. Yes, indeed. God 100%. Medicine just like he does for any health issue. He works through mental health uh, medications as well. So, yes, good Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. It really. Yeah. So, just let me say, folks, if you are really feeling down in the dumps don't think I don't know why there's a stigma associated with it I honestly don't we take a pill for a headache we take yep. a pill for our high blood pressure we take pills and shots for diabetes or to lose yeah. weight or whatever why who cares if you need a pill to the pill to get your brain chemistry back into whack you know sure. back yeah. into alignment so um by all means feel no shame talk to your um, doctor, your nurse practitioner, whoever, that way you can be the best version of yourself. 
Amen. Wendy's on fire today, listeners, and I'm loving it. Yes. Listen, I told you you don't know what you're going to get with Wendy off the cuff here. <laughs> well, I like it. I like it a whole lot. So I I don't have any more questions. So, Wendy, do you have any other questions or any information that you want to share with us? So another question you had sent me was that if I was bitter because I didn't have any more children. Okay. Um, it's, it's like a Pandora's box kind of question, really. Um, early, we just made the decision since they couldn't tell us why. Um, but it wasn't anything I did while pregnant. It wasn't food I ate, the blood pressure medication I was on, nothing like that. Cause I was very good. Um, and you know, it was a good thing we didn't because she cried for so many years. Like how could I have mm. given my best to a second child when she took everything I had? Right. And I think that's really important. I'm glad you said that it isn't anything caused by anyone. Like you said, you took good care of yourself during pregnancy. I think as mothers, sometimes we blame ourselves for things that isn't appropriate to blame ourselves for this wasn't anyone's fault by any means and that is a good point that she does require and did require at her younger years so much hands-on intense care that dividing that attention and time with another child would have been very challenging right now could I do it could I have done it with the Brooke I have now yes because she's much happier and a lot easier as a older teenager and young adult than she was as a infant and you know young child i i did go through a lot of anger when people who didn't want to be pregnant got pregnant and continued to smoke and drink all the mountain dew that they could possibly consume in a day's time and had a perfectly healthy child like there those are real feelings that you do deal with Absolutely. Um, when you're in a situation like this. Um, it took me a while. Like I couldn't even stand to look at this one particular person. I just remember this so vividly. Um, and now, you know, if I see her around, it's no big deal. But at the time it was a big deal. Um, you know, I get sad if I try to like, think about things too much or when I see my friend's kids graduating from high school, walking across the stage, getting married, having babies or my friends with their grandbabies. Not that I am not happy for them. It's just a reminder of what I will never get to experience as a grandmother to my own daughter. Now, you never know what can happen in life. I have plenty of little, I'm Auntie Wendy to a lot of people, and I'm okay with that because they love Auntie Wendy and I love them. So, you know, I still get to spread my sunshine and try to leave a good impact on other tiny humans, you know, that's going to be taking care of us uh, before we know it. So That's right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And I think that's great, too, that you acknowledge, yes, you do experience sadness sometimes. It's, 
I would call it grief almost. Um, I was just getting ready to say that it's like yeah. grief because grief can come at you in waves. Yeah. Um, and so this does sometimes mother's Day's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm so very grateful that I even got to experience the love that a mother experiences. I'm so very grateful, but at the same time, it's a hard day for me. Yeah, that's understandable. And see, once again, people not in that situation, that's something I hadn't even thought about. Once you, I hear you say it, that is very, very understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And those feelings are real. And yeah, they need to be acknowledged. That's that's right. Thank you for sharing that. Those, You're welcome. Those are the things we don't, we being people that aren't dealing with this hands-on, you know, every day, we don't see, we don't think about, we don't realize. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons, if not the main reason, that we wanted you on this podcast is to teach us and let us know what you're going through, what families go through, though you are, I'm sure, extremely grateful you just expressed that, um, to be a mom and to have Brooke as your daughter. Those feelings, though, of not getting to experience what you thought you would experience as a mother are real. They're, mm-hmm. they're very real, very valid. That's true. But I also agree with you that feelings can sometimes lie to us. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yes, uh, they're the, the, an indicator, not a dictator. Yes, that's, that's right. what I was kind of going to say. You just can't let yourself be trapped by that feeling at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You deal with it at the time and then you keep moving on. Yes, you yeah. said that very well. I like that. That's right. Yes. Okay. Anything else? that you can teach us or share with us? Well, I mean, just, you know, if, if you're in a situation, you don't quite know what to do. um, Be sure you're reaching out to people. Um, You don't have to be an Island. Sometimes I feel like I'm on an Island. Um, Even though I know I'm not, it's just, sometimes you feel like you're on an Island, Um, but you don't have to. Um, I mean, like I said, I've navigated through this adventure Um, I just fly by the seat of my pants, but I have had a lot of people helping me along the way. And I say, Hey guys, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Or, Hey, this is coming up. What am I supposed to do? Like, we've got another situation coming. Like the whole legal guardian, uh, conservator thing was just something in itself. But I, I will say in the state of West Virginia, um, the circuit clerk's office here in Barber County was really super helpful to me um, because I did all of that on my own. So, um, you know, if you're, if you have a, a a child, a teenager, and you're going to have to file for your legal guardianship or whatever, please go see your circuit clerk. They should have made up packets and be able to walk you through some things. So what the listeners can't see or maybe aren't aware of is Wendy and I have tried to complete this podcast all day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) And each time we, something occurs, we get disconnected or we have to stop. And just now, as she was speaking on the guardianship, and I want to expound on that more, we got disconnected again. So I want the listeners to know I appreciate Wendy's patience. 
this has not been easy for her today to give of her time to complete this to get this information out there so thank you wendy and i apologize again oh you're you're very welcome no big deal love technology sometimes goodness sakes so as we were talking about when someone can't make decisions for themselves and right now brooke can't do that after she turned 18 we touched on it a little bit in the first episode but not near enough wendy had to pursue becoming her guardian and conservator A guardian will make decisions on her behalf. A conservator, I believe, manages more of the financial aspect. But let me let Wendy tell you about that and and more about what it looks like. Yeah, so um, the circuit clerk's office is at your local courthouse, at least in West Virginia, is where um, you would go. They usually have packets made up. It's the guardian packet and the conservator packet. I believe it's $110 once you file everything. I believe that's what the amount is. Um, but anyway, once you get everything filled out, turned in, then you go before the before the local judge, and he reviews the files, asks you some questions, and um, believe it or not, they do actually appoint um, an attorney to your person. So Brooke had her own Uh, public defender, not defender, but person, like representative. Mm -hmm. And they also review the packets and say, yeah, I have no objections with this or whatever. And then the judge will appoint you as the legal guardian or conservator. Mm -hmm. Now, what I did find was interesting in that experience. Now, mind you, I was a nervous wreck because I have never set foot in a courtroom before. So I expect, um, Judge was very, very kind, but they only allow one legal guardian or conservator. You can't even have like a backup because it can get too messy is how the judge basically said. That's why they never do that. So, um, you know, if if you're still married to, you know, your spouse who's the father of the child or daughter, mother of the child, um, you guys just going in, no, one of you needs to be ready to be on the legal paperwork that it won't be both of you. Um, And in the event, you know, if say I was in a car accident or Lord help, you know, I pass away or whatever, then Bobby is going to have to go and do all of that all over again and get appointed as the legal guardian and conservator. So, you know, it's straightforward, but it's just a little murky at the same time, but um, it's not a terrible process. And the circuit clerk's office is very helpful. Good. I'm glad you shared that. You know, something that makes me think of is, and we, we discussed this briefly off of the recording previously. I'm a parent, as I've said, of adult children. If something would happen to me today, they could all make their own decisions, continue with their life, fend for themselves they would not have to be taken care of per se Mm -hmm. in your position. That is something you have to think about and plan. If something happens to you, of course she does have another biological parent, but it is something again, that goes back to families with special needs. Children are constantly in planning mode. Mm -hmm. You can't think of just right now in the moment, you always have to be thinking ahead or in the future. So would you share a little bit of those 
feelings with us about planning if something would happen to you, which it's not. Wendy and I are going to live to 120. Right on. Get rid of us. Yes. Um, how, how you deal with that? How do you feel about even thinking about that? Well, I mean, honestly, it's always at the back of your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a big, ugly cry with my doctor about six months ago because, you know, I am under a lot of stress and, and just keeping everything. There's a lot of moving parts real, involved with Brooke, just with medicines, tube feeding supplies, uh, diapers. I mean, there's just so much to keep on top of. And it does create a lot of stress and stress isn't good long-term. We all know this. Right. Um, but I cannot bear the thought of her being put into a nursing home um, or personal care home. I mean, I just can't. I know too much. And not all personal care homes or nursing homes are bad. It's just things happen. And um, I can't bear the thought of things happening to my brook. So, um you know, we used, we used to have a plan. Um, <laughs> um, this was like a 10 year ago plan. Well, thing a lot of things can change in 10 years and my parents are getting older. And so it's kind of like, Hmm, we need to come up with a new plan. So, you know, we haven't had a discussion about it for a while, but it's probably something we definitely need to revisit. Um, her dad could step in and be fine. I keep everything written down. Um, but it's just, we need a plan because you really do get complacent in your life. Sure. It's very, very easy to yeah, get we that all way. Do. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I have a routine. It, it makes other people crazy, I'm sure, but <laughs> maybe their routine would make me crazy. Yes. Um, is always how, I mean, I don't ever judge anybody. It's not my job for one. And I don't know what their situation or circumstance is, but, um, you know, Brooke and I have a routine and like, I'm planning to go on vacation in two weeks and I've been planning this since January. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know, Maxetta. Yeah. I I need to revisit said plan in the event. Something should happen to me that way. Every we're all on the same page. Right. Right. Listen, I'm glad on a lighter note, I'm super glad you're going on vacation in a couple of weeks. Yes. So excited. Yes. Go have a good time and relax and get some sun. I hope there's sun and water involved for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to the desert, but there will be water and sun. (laughs) You are going to the desert? You are? Oh, I really am. Yeah, I'm going to Arizona. Well, (laughs) nope on the laying by the beach then. Okay. But whatever you do. My hope is that the time you're there, you get to relax and breathe deep and just take care of you and nurture all parts of you during that time. I I really do. I say that sincerely. I I do. Thank you very much. So as we're wrapping up, I just want to share some of my takeaways. Not all of them I've written down as we've went, but a couple of the highlights. I won't keep everybody too long is. Wendy, you really live your life in planning mode and in caring mode for others. And what that says to me is, even as a child of God, our thoughts are, how, how can we help others to exhibit compassion to others? 
just being the hands and feet of Jesus, which you are every day in your mission field, which is your home right now. I, I just say my takeaway is think of others. Think of others. How can I be a helping hand? How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus for others? And that doesn't have to be something huge. It can be as simple as picking up something that has been dropped. Like you said, holding a sheet while you're taking care of Brooke's personal needs in public. Um, Even just patting someone on the back, letting them know like what, what you're doing matters. Mm-hmm. And, and we see you. So I appreciate you for teaching me and uh, being so open and willing to do this. And I just, goodness, I can't wait to see pictures of your vacation. That excites me so much. You're, <laughs> you're getting to go. And listen, thanks again, though. It has been a hassle today. This hasn't been easy. So I appreciate your patience. And thank you. Is there anything you want to share to finish us up? Listen, thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. Um, Anytime I get a chance to talk about Brooke, I will do it because I just think she's so cool and we can all learn so much from her. Um, But thanks everybody for being so interested and, um, you know, be kind. That's what we need to do. We need to be kind in a world that's not. Yes. Yes. I echo that loudly. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Give Miss Brooke a hug and kiss. Let her know she's a superstar. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Maxetta. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember, folks, we are all in this thing called life together. We may be in different parts of our story, but maybe, just maybe, by hearing from others, we will be reminded we aren't alone. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a follow and a download, and please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find it, and it sure makes my heart happy. You can also find me on YouTube at Maxetta Gad with new episodes each Wednesday. Let's do this again next week.